on the Northland Outdoors Radio Network, this is Northland Outdoors Radio. For the next hour, we'll give you the latest on fishing, hunting, and spending time in the outdoors all across the Northland. Welcome to Northland Outdoors Radio. Now here's your host, Brett T-Bone Amundsen. Well, the exploration of the Northland continues. This week, we've been spending time in the Boundary Waters area near Ely, chasing lake trout, rainbow trout, book trout. Book trout or brook trout? How about brook? Did I say book trout? Brook trout. They may be very smart. They could be spending time at the library. We've gone after eel pout. We've gone after splake. We've been using dog sleds, snowmobiles, snowshoes, good old-fashioned American horsepower to find them. For the next hour, we'll talk about how you can come up here and fish and also do it by dog sled. This, is, this has got to be one of my highlights of, of the winter so far. We'll have pictures and a story, too, at NorthlandOutdoors.com, and you'll be able to see this trip coming later this year on Northland Outdoors Television. Now, we're also going to go back to SHOT Show and talk about some more new products for 2016. We've got Ben Frank from Browning Ammunition on the show. Uh, Browning has a brand-new line of ammunition. I don't know if you guys had seen this yet or not, but there's a full line of ammunition brand-new from Browning this year. We're going to find out all about it later this hour. Also, Kestrel makes a full line of products that the military uses, and now you can too. It'll help you keep track of weather, pressure changes, wind speeds, and directions. Plus, you can use it for long-range shooting, as it'll compute all the ballistics for you. Andrew Ensminger has more on this later this hour. All right, we also want to welcome a bunch of new listeners in Devil's Lake on KDLR AM 1240. Also in Devil's Lake, KQZZ FM 96.7. In Jamestown, North Dakota, KSJB AM 600. And in Wisconsin, Park Falls, WPFP AM 980 and W. CQM FM 98.3. Thank you for tuning in to Northland Outdoors Radio. We're sitting in the Basswood Cabin right now, Timber Trail Lodge, just out, just outside of Ely, overlooking Farm Lake. And uh, Ben Putnam from Ely Ice Guides is with us. It's been a crazy week. It's been cold. There's been uh, a lot of work. There's been a lot of holes drilled, but there's been some fish caught. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, pounding out the, the trout species, working on some eel pout. It's uh, it's fun, you know, hopping around, hitting a bunch of different lakes, trying to get different stuff. How's this winter gone for you so far up here? You know, it, it's been a slow winter, I think, for everyone. Uh, you know, we, we didn't get ice until three weeks after the norm. Uh, it was late November before we had walkable ice. And after that, the snow came in and ice progression was very slow. Um, you know, most of the lakes around here are still not drivable. So, I mean, we're, we're right, we're bordering 12 inches on most lakes, but there are several lakes with five, six or seven still. So, uh, so, I mean, the, the season started out slow. It hasn't really picked up speed. And, and, uh, I think just, you know, as we move on, you know, throughout the season here, it's just going to get better. You know, you also work for Boundary Waters Outfitters, and I want to talk about summer trips to the Boundary Waters because permits just became available. Yeah, last week. So we'll talk uh, more about that later later this hour. But first, let's start with winter. The winter trout season also opened recently. Uh, have you been able to get on some nice fish? Yeah, you know, I, I haven't had the time to really spend on lake trout as much this year. Uh, you know, the stream trout have been hitting those a lot more lately. Uh, and got some pretty nice, just beautiful rainbows, some nice brookies. Um, lake trout have been running, you know, a, on a smaller average, at least for me. I've been seeing some really nice lake trout get caught, so there's still a lot of big ones out there. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I'm just 
you know, going to assume as the season goes on, I'm going to get, you know, really on top of those fish, spend a lot more time on them and, and really get into some big ones. So you'll be seeing pictures of those coming up soon. And you can catch big crappies and, and big walleyes up here too, but tr- trout is really what a lot of people come up here to target, aren't they? Yeah, most. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my, you know, my clients wanted crappie and walleye. And so, I mean, the trout season had already opened. Uh, and so we went out and we chase crappie and walleye. I had to spend a couple of days, you know, ahead of the trip just to get back on that bite since I hadn't been planning on, on going out for, for crappie or walleye again for the rest of the season, or at least until, you know, the end of March, early April when the crappies really pick up. Ben Putnam, our guest here, Northland Outdoors Radio. Let's talk about the variety of trout species that you can find up here. You've got lakers, of course, um, but uh, tell me about all the stream trout you can find. So there's book trout. Book trout, yes. Yes. The <laughs> there's uh, brook those trout. The, those are the smart ones. Yes, yeah. They spend a lot of time at the library. Uh, <laughs> so we've got brookies, uh, we've got rainbows, and uh, brown trout, and splake. And splake is a cross between a lake trout and a, and a brook trout, but it's still considered a stream trout. How many of these species would be here without the stocking efforts? Uh, just the lake trout and the brookies. They're the only ones that are native to this area. And the DNR uh, manages the, the rest of these uh, trout species uh, pretty heavily. They're pretty heavily, heavily managed, aren't they? Yeah, when you, when you go inside the boundary waters, uh, they only stock lake trout and brook trout. And when you get outside of the wilderness line, then they'll stock rainbows, splake, and browns. So even though splake are a product of the brookies and the rainbows, they don't really stock them inside the, the wilderness line. Maybe they will after hearing the show. That's but. probably it. That's we usually influence what the DNR does yeah, every week <laughs> here on Northland Outdoors Radio. Well, let's start with lake trout. Uh, this time of year, what's your go-to presentation, and how deep of water? Well, the depth varies because the fish are never consistently doing anything. Uh, trout love to cruise. And so, you know, so you really want to be able to be mobile. You want to be in areas where you can fish 20 feet and 70 feet in, in the same day within, you know, with, without having to work too hard to get too far away from it, especially with lake trout. If you can find a good slant from, you know, 30 feet down to 70 where you can, you know, hop holes between those different depth ranges, you're going to be able to put yourself in front of where those fish are moving through eventually. So, you know, so depth is, is huge, you know, knowing the forage base of each lake. I'll use different baits, you know, depending on which lake I'm going to. Stream trout, they love bug imitations and they love minnow imitations. And that's going to be consistent on a lot of lakes up here. So with the stream trout, I usually just go, you know, with my go-to trout lures. And if a fish comes in, looks at it, doesn't want to take it, I switch it out with something until they, until they come in and take something. So... Um, with the Lakers, uh, you know, we've got a couple diff- completely different uh, forage bases in some of these lakes up here. And so the size of your bait is really the big key when you start getting into those lakes, making sure you're matching the hatch. Well, this splake is an interesting fish. And uh, we, we really went after the splake hard this week. It was something we were, really wanted to catch because it's not something you find any, just anywhere. It's kind of unique, really, to northern Minnesota, maybe northern Wisconsin. Is that in Ontario? In I Ontario, mean, yeah, Canada's got a lot of a lot of splake options. Some of them natural, and some of them uh, stocked. Well, it's a it's a hybrid between a female lake trout and a male brook trout. Yes, and the so the name comes from the combination of of lake and brook trout. Obviously, that's where splake comes from. Mm-hmm. It's actually speckled trout 
which I, I, I guess it makes sense when you look at them. But uh, so that's where I was always like, how do they come up with the name Splake? I did a little Google search. There you go. Uh, so speckled trout and lake trout, you get the splake. Now there, there's actually a version of this fish, a version a version of this fish that's actually the opposite of that. It's uh, the male lake trout and the female brook trout called a brookin brookina. You ever heard of this? You ever seen one of these? I have not seen one of those. It sounds Let, interesting. Let's try to catch one of those. This week while we're up here. Are there any brookina up here? I have no idea. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Is, is that like the book trout? It's just like the book trout, okay. I think. They probably hang out in the, we should go to the library. Is there a library in Ely? Let's yeah. go, we'll go, we'll go check There's that. a brand new library in Ely, actually. It's oh, no kidding. Nice. Yeah. Ben Putnam, our guest here from Ely Ice Guides, also uh, Boundary Waters Outfitters on Northland Outdoors Radio. A lot of these trout lakes can be found uh, inside the Boundary Waters, of course, but a lot, of, a lot of these lakes can be found outside the Boundary Waters. So if people just want to come up here and fish and they don't want to have to deal with permits and, and different regulations and things like that, there's a lot of lakes around here. Yeah, there are. There are a lot right in town. If you can get in the wilderness, you're going you're gonna to put yourself into much better quality fish. Uh, so if, if you are able to plan a trip, you know, maybe take a dog sled team in uh, to go inside the Boundary Waters and fish some of those brook trout or lake trout lakes. Uh, the numbers of fish and this quality of fish goes up. You know, we couldn't do that because of, you know, our, our filming requirements. But um, but yeah, if, you, if you're able to get in there into the Boundary Waters, it's it's really it's worth it. Then I'll tell you what, we went uh, on sled dogs with White Wilderness Sled Dog Adventures. And if you've never done it, which I hadn't done it before this week, you've got to do it. It is fun. It was an absolute blast. Paige May was our guide, and Paige is going to join us later here on the radio show, too. So we'll talk more about running dogs out there to chase these trout. Let's transition to summer now a little bit. You work with Boundary Waters Outfitters. Pretty much, um, well, first of all, the the entry point permit deadline or application, the application period was just, when was that? That was just pretty recent, right? Yeah, they just went live last week. So, uh, so I mean, you know, these permits are still fresh. There's still a lot left. You know, obviously, a lot of the motor permit areas, if you're trying to get into basswood, I mean, those are pretty much gone. Uh, those are gone in a lottery. But, you know, if you're planning a canoe trip this year, there's still a lot of, you know, a lot of really good entry points. We've been booking some, you know, some really nice ones for our guests. So, And so you're actually pretty busy right this is a, actually for, for your summer season. This right time right now is actually a pretty busy time for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is when you know we get a little bit of a lull around Christmas time when people aren't calling, but um, but now that the permits are open and you know of course all the prep work that we had to do to book all of our permits that you know people had pre-reserved with us. I mean, we're sitting there on live day, you know, at the minute those permits open up and we're you know we're pounding them out, and uh, you know and then there's just a bunch of paperwork that follows. So everybody knows they got their permit. So so yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot that goes into getting everything ready before we're even doing our food orders, our new canoe orders, new new gear orders, and everything else too. Uh, so yeah, we stay busy year round with the outfitting, and now that the permits are live, you know, and everyone knows they're live. Now we're even getting more calls, you know, for people trying to get their trip in before those permits are gone. And you're, I mean, you're supplying gear if if people need it. You're planning trips if people want it. You're I mean, you can do full any, you can basically run the gamut, right? Full service outfitting to, uh, to just bits and pieces of, of someone's trip, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typically, you know, all of our groups are at least getting canoes, you know, some are just getting the canoes and then, you know, 
a lot of our groups are, are just getting the whole package. They just want to call, say, hey, I want to come up. I'll just take this package. And they show up with all their clothes and their shoes, and, and they're ready to go. You know, we've got their food, all of their camping equipment, stove, fuel, water filter, maps, and everything waiting for them. So, so those complete packages really save them a lot of time. Ben Putnam, our guest here, uh, Ely Ice Guides, Boundary Waters Outfitters on Northland Outdoors Radio. Ben, if people want to come up here and do some ice fishing with you uh, this year, what do they need to do? Uh, just you know, give me a call or or send me an email through the website. So I respond to those as fast as I get them. You know, I am out fishing a lot, and there isn't always signal or or uh, you know, wet frozen hands don't turn the phone on too easy. So if I don't, get, you know, if I'm not able to answer your call. You know, I will call you back, you know, leave a message. Yeah. Leave a message. Yeah. Please leave a message. That's what your voicemail should be. I, I have wet hands right now or I'm in <laughs> fish got, slime. Fish Can't turn on there's, the iPhone. There's no signal here. Please leave me a message. I'll call you back. Um, what's the website? It's elyiceguides.com. Also on Facebook. Yep. And uh, what about camping trips in the summer? Yeah. Camping trips in the summer. Uh, go to boundarywatersoutfitters.com. Take a look at uh, some of our canoe routes, some of our package offerings, and you know, give us a call at 218-365-3466 when you're ready. Ben, thank you very much. Let's go find some eel pout and some splake. Those are the two fish. We, we need to catch a few more of those. Let's get it. Let's do it. All right. Uh, thanks, Ben. We're broadcasting from Timber Trail Lodge near Ely, Minnesota, where we've been trout fishing by foot, by snowmobile, and by Dog Sled. We'll talk to Paige May from White Wilderness, Dog Sled Adventures, when we come back on Northland Outdoors Radio. Want hunting and fishing news and stories? We've got it covered. And everything else outdoors, it's all here too, and in a big way. At northernoutdoors.com, if it happens outdoors, it's happening here. Stories, photos, videos, social media, and much, much more. All intertwined with Northern Outdoors' other varied products spanning Minnesota, Wisconsin, and North and South Dakota. Updated daily, northernoutdoors.com is one-stop shopping for all things outdoors all the time. Rediscover the outdoors at northernoutdoors.com. You lead a busy life, always coming and going. Trying to keep up with everything is hard. We get it. Let us help. We'll deliver the latest news from the outdoors, rules and regulations from across the Northland right into your email with the Northland Outdoors newsletter. Sign up now at northlandoutdoors.com. It's free. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay updated. And hey, maybe win some cool prizes. Find out more at northlandoutdoors.com. is Northland Outdoors Radio. Welcome back. I'm Brett Seabone Amundsen, and this show is going to the dogs. We're in the Ely area where we've been trout fishing and exploring the backwoods. Paige May from the White Wilderness Dog Sled Adventures was our guide, and he joins us now here on the radio show. Paige, how you, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How long have you been working with sled dogs? Uh, pretty much as long as I've been working here at White Wilderness. I went to college here in Ely and then graduated, and it's like, well... I need a job. What is there to do in Ely in the winter? Bartend, dog sled. Right. I'm a crappy bartender, so <laughs> I applied for the job and got it. You know, had experience winter camping. I have a wilderness first responder certification, which is kind of the industry standard for any job where you're keeping people safe in the wilderness. So, uh, so yeah, Peter hired me on, and I've been here for seven years straight now, every winter. Love it. Well, and being up here in the north like this in the winter, it's not always the easiest. Today was pretty nice. Uh, that day, the day that we were out there, it was a pretty nice day out there. And um, what's like the most brutal weather you've had to be out there running dogs? The most brutal weather that I've been out running dogs in 
would be two years ago that year that we had the polar vortex down in the lower 48 and it was just bone cracking cold all over. Uh, we actually had a big group out at our yurt that we base our overnight trips out of. Um, the coldest morning that season, it was 46 below ambient air temperature here at the kennel. And it's usually a couple degrees colder where our yurt is because it's lower and it's in this big bowl of the countryside. So we figure it was probably 50 below ambient air temperature that morning. Not a breath of wind though, thank goodness, because that could have been bad. Is there, is there anything you won't, you know, any conditions you won't run in or any, or how cold will you, will you still take the dogs out in? There's no such thing as too cold for the dogs. They'll always run. It's only too cold for humans. When it does get cold and the snow crystals change because of the extremely cold temperatures, they're like tiny little uh, shards of glass, basically. So we'll booty the dogs to take care of their pads more so. But that's the only real cold weather concern you have for them. Paige May, our guest here on Northland Outdoors Radio, talking about dog sleds. How many nights uh, during the winter, how many nights do you spend kind of out in the wilderness? How many nights? Uh, I would probably say... I mean, I don't even know how many nights there are in the winter, but I mean, I would probably say like four out of every five nights, um, I'm, I'm sleeping out on a lake somewhere with the dogs. Are you building Quincy's? You got tents? What are you doing out there? Uh, it, you know, we're, we're pretty used to just laying right down on the lake and sleeping. And if it snows, you maybe throw a tarp over your face, but we'll set up tents for customers if they really want them. We kind of try to talk them out of it. Cause again, it's just kind of a hassle to put them up and take them down. And tents really just block wind. They don't hold in a t- whole ton of heat, you know. And the sleeping bags are plenty warm. So usually we're just just laying right there. All right. Now you offer guided uh, guided trips, guided sled dog trips for pretty much anyone who wants to come up. What type of people do you see come up here to take the dogs on? Oh, again, that kind of depends on what type of trip it is. But, you know, our day trips and our shorter but multi-day trips based out of that year. I mean, we'll have... Everybody super young. I mean, I've had like nine-year-old kids driving my sled as long as they're big enough to be able to physically do it and kind of grasp the concept of what they're supposed to do. Now I don't feel as cool anymore after <laughs> I found out that there's nine-year-olds doing it too. I was feeling right. pretty confident in my dog wow. sled driving You'd abilities. Feel worse. You'd feel worse if I told you 80-year-olds do it without <laughs> wiping out, which is actually true. We've had a couple pretty pretty elderly people. Last year we had a group of I think like 17, uh, this huge family, four generations, and the matriarch. Great, great grandpa. He's like 82 out here sitting in a dog sled cruising around. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so it, it really depends. You know, young couples, old couples, families, single people. I mean. Are they, are they mostly from the region or do you, how far away do you get people from? We get a lot of people from Minnesota, a lot of people from Wisconsin, a lot of people from Chicago area. Um, and we get a lot of international people too. I mean, we've had people from Africa, Australia, I mean, all over in Europe. Um, you know, Italy, France, Germany. Do you see more fishing trips? Is it more camping trips? Is it just dog sled trips? What do you see the most of? We do a lot of day trips. A lot of day trips based out of the kennel. You're talking 25 to 30 miles in the entire day. Nice lunch over a fire um, out on a lake somewhere. Um, the next most that we do are, are those yurt trips, the, the multi-day yurt trips. The yurt's real comfy. Um, you know, it's got, it's got a big propane furnace in it and a gas range and a carpeted floor and super warm sleeping bags. So if, if people want the multi-day dog sled experience, but they want to be a little more pampered, 
then then they'll do that. And they always have the option of sleeping out on the lake with the guides. We sleep out there to manage the dogs at night. Sometimes they get barking, and you got to keep them quiet so people can actually sleep, you know? You'll take people fishing up into the boundary waters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, way up there. There's a couple, uh, they call them mushers highways, a couple winter routes that, uh, that you really only use in the winter uh, to run dogs up to certain lakes up there because the normal way you would get up to these lakes paddling um, is usually along moving water. Um, and there's just not really any ice there, so you kind of, kind of have to run dogs in a different place. But yeah, a lot of big lakes. I mean, Basswood's the close, easily accessible one right near Ely. That's got really good northern fishing and really good lake trout fishing. Um, back in the day, the state record northern was caught off a of wind bay on Basswood, and there's still monster northern in there. Um, and then Knife Lake and Thomas and Fraser. You're talking, you're getting in pretty deep. You know, you're talking like a full day of mushing just to get there. Then you'll base camp and fish for two or three days, and then run back out. Yeah, how far how far will you go, or what's the longest dog sled trip you've taken? The longest dog sled trip that I've taken again is guiding here uh, in the spring, the first week of uh, the first week of March. We have a trip that we call the Northwoods uh, Passage, and it's like a five six day trip, um, and and you'll easily do 150 plus miles in the Boundary Waters, um, camping right near huge waterfalls, seeing the most epic Northern Lights you'll ever see in the Lower 48, packs of wolves pretty phenomenal and and we've been known to mix in some fishing along with those trips for people that want that page may our guest white wilderness dog sled adventures is uh, where we're at right now here on northland outdoors radio if uh if people want to are listening to this right now they want to book a trip they want to come up and do this what do they need to do uh well they need to contact us um uh email is is usually the best there's a lot of dogs here you can hear them in the background how many dogs do you have here we got about 100 dogs right now can you name them all uh, I uh, I could name I can name all of them if I could look at the dog yard off the top <laughs> of my head that's a lot but before we wrap up here you let me borrow a pair of mitts today tell me about those mitts that I was wearing so those are beaver fur mittens um, I I trapped beaver in the fall um, in between my kind of seasonal gigs when I have a little time off I call it fun employment so I uh, do some trapping in the boundary waters or near. And, um, and yeah, like I get a lot of beaver. They're pretty easy to trap. They're not worth a whole ton of money on the fur market um, the past, you know, like 20 years really. So I usually just uh, pay the extra money to get them tanned and then I'll make beaver fur mittens for myself or friends or other mushers. They're, they're really warm, um, cost efficient as far as the fur goes. It's kind of the cheaper fur out there. So everybody uses it to make their mittens um, real pretty. Um, yeah, they were great and they were oh, yeah. warm. And you also you also made this this jacket that you're wearing. Yeah, it's like a big wool blanket shirt. It's actually like a, a traditional Norwegian style garment. Um, basically, just a big wool blanket that you felt a couple times. Wash it hot, dry it hot, and then you can cut the pattern out and sew it together. Super warm. I actually have two on this green one under. It's a lighter weight one made with an army surplus wool blanket. Um, no, no. Do you do you make that for people if they want? If somebody says, "Hey, I want you to make me some some beaver mittens." I've got some beaver. You know, I've been known. Uh, I've been known to make them for people. I don't charge a whole ton. Basically, just uh, for my time, it takes about a day to make one, and then for the you know the cost of the materials. Because technically, the shirt's made originally. The pattern is from a place in Duluth called Empire Canvas Works. A guy named Kevin Kinney and his wife have that, and he makes them. And he used to teach a class up in Grand Marais at the North House Folk School on how to take how to make these. And that's actually where I learned. And there's kind of an unwritten agreement that once you learn, you can make more, but you're not supposed to kind of start your own business. Sure. And it's like, he's from Duluth. I'd hate to encroach on his business. He's kind of got a, got a, um, 
you know, got a family business sure. going there. So. Absolutely. So well, you all make them, but for, for real cheap. Sure. All right. Well, thanks for letting me use those uh, those beaver mittens. They were great. Page May White Wilderness. I believe it's whitewilderness.com, I believe, is the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for, uh, for everything, and thanks for being on the radio show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Two weeks ago, we were in the warmer climates of Las Vegas for SHOT Show. We had the chance to preview new products for 2016 from Kestrel. Andrew Ensminger will explain how they'll help you next time you go camping or long-range shooting. And also, Browning has a brand new line of ammunition that debuts this year. Ben Frank explains next. You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.